Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. I have a tremendously special guest with me today. One of the best comics working we have at Chrissy Mayer. Is, am I pronouncing the name right? It is Mayer, right? <laughs> I like that you said at first. <laughs> like, my first name is at, and my middle name is Chrissy, I'm, and my I'm last plug, name is Mayer. <laughs> I'm a plug machine, yo. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's what she said. Um, yes, perfect pronunciation, Mayer on the dot. Love Nailed it. it. Well, she is the uh, the host of Wet Spot as well as the Chrissy Mayer podcast, and you can get Wet Spot on Compound America. And you were just on Legion of Skanks yesterday, is that correct? Yes, very exciting. I popped my Legion of Skanks cherry. I'm it's so amazing. Happy. I'm a, so happy too. It's been a long time goal. I'm I'm one of those uh, bums that doesn't get uh, what's it called? I'm not a Patreon subscriber or whatever, so I I won't be able to hear it for a few days. But how'd it go? Oh, it was good. It was good. Like, yeah, they did get wrapped up in a little bit of uh, like show inside show drama. They were talking a lot about their, I guess their longtime producer, Bobby, who like wasn't there. And so it's like, okay, I made sure like, you know, there's always this feeling, not like pressure, but it's like, of course you want to jump in and contribute and say funny stuff. But I was like, okay, well, when they're talking about their inside stuff, I was like, I don't, I have no idea about that. So uh, <laughs> I felt I did really good. I felt I, I had funny quips. I had a lot of, as you'll see, I had a lot of puns that did not land, but <laughs> uh, you know, the attempt is, is what it's all about. <laughs> well, it's a huge platform. So I really hope it gets a lot of traction for you. Those are Ooh. probably, probably my favorite uh favorite favorite show favorite guys i don't know they're just they're so funny are they i've i've met them once uh at the comedy store in la are are you long time friends with them or is this just a business arrangement kind of yes yeah like long time known of them i think i probably maybe i've known lewis the longest i think i've known him since like 2014 mm -hmm. maybe like i remember him before any guest digital stuff and then i just kind of it's been nice to kind of like watch all of that grow and explode and i think he was the first kind of like very good example of someone who like wasn't being handed stuff by the industry and so he just was like fuck it and made his own his own opportunities no, I, I know. I, I really respect the hell out of it. I, I'm not a stand-up comic, as you can probably tell, even though I'm incredibly funny. Incredibly, uh, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I am an entrepreneur, so uh, I think that's probably why I gravitate towards Lewis so much, just because he's like, he's he's just such a go-getter, you know? Yeah, like, he embodies that fully. He is just like, he's very smart that way, which a lot of comedians are not. And I think that's, that's what especially the last year has taught people. Like, if you don't have like a a whisper of entrepreneur in you like you're fucked you're done man like you you've probably <laughs> you've been done at this point for a long time for sure so. well you uh with wet spot you do a bunch of uh dating advice and things like that uh can you give any advice for me as a you know okay rich, rich entrepreneur with a crippling anxiety disorder can you can you help me so, so I'm not hearing any problems yet. You said that you're rich. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm waiting to hear negatives. I'm waiting to hear well, something the, the, to advise. The, the crippling anxiety disorder is probably the hardest part, but I, I, uh, I'm, I'm working my way through that. So, 
uh, I don't know. I think I think I'm doing all right if I'm being honest, but I'm just I'm just trying to, you know, have you're a trying to you're trying to like, OK, so if you were going to like if you what's the one part of your life you feel like, OK, I'm not a plusing it. Like what's the, I guess, part of either dating or relationships that you feel like a uh, dick improve? game for sure. Dick game. No, I'm I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like you got to um, swirl with the hips? I don't know. I can't give advice on how to fuck better. I've never no, uh, had honestly, a penis. <laughs> other than the ones in my nightstand. <laughs> um, honestly, probably the, the hardest part for me. Um, oh God. I think... I think the hardest part is just finding someone who meets all my criteria. Uh, okay. Okay. The, so you're trying to figure nature. out if you're too picky. So what, what are your like uh top, like must haves? What are your like intelligence is like number one for me. Um, which... Well, then I'm out. Sorry. I disagree. You have a boyfriend anyways, <laughs> relax. Um, no, seriously though. Like intelligence is really important to me. Cause I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't want to sound too flattering to myself, but I just, I like deeper conversations and sometimes Are you, what's your birthday? August 4th. I'm a Leo. You're a Leo. Okay. So, so are you classic Leo? Like you like to have a lot of the attention, like probably you, like to per, you kind of, yeah, you do this podcast. So there's like definitely yeah. that like performative instinct in you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so interesting. I'm, I'm definitely uh, that type. Um, so yeah, I need intelligence. Obviously looks, um, they matter, but um, and then honestly, like the, the political divide in this country has definitely made me gravitate more towards people. Like, I don't, I don't really need someone who voted a certain way as much as I need someone who isn't woke. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so much more than who you voted for, which is like, what was so like gross about seeing what's happening over the last year. It's like, oh, we're going to, we're going to put 75 million people like in this category of, of domestic terrorists like you know what i mean like if you it's 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 been funny to see how like over the past like really four years like it it took less and less for you to be deemed like a trump supporter like a mega idiot like you really <laughs> exactly. just have to you know like lots of people voted for him so it's like we can't really demonize half the country but they can and they will and yeah, they no, are they they yeah. have they have pretty thoroughly yeah i mean that's that's what i mean though it's like i you know, I, I really don't care if you voted for Trump or Biden, but if you're the type that's going to like lecture me about my skin or something or, or you know, make me shut up about um, politics because I have privilege or any of that shit, I just, yeah, I can't play that. You know, that's, yeah. that's a bridge too far for me. It's, it is wild, like, especially because I know so many people, it's like, I didn't come from like a super, like my town that I grew up in was pretty rich, but like, from my perspective, I thought like I always grew up saying like, oh, I was I was Long Island poor, which means like we didn't have a pool or a maid. <laughs> I was like, so, I'm so roughing it. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. Right. Yeah. I, think, I think we probably had the same upbringing then, even though I was in San Diego. Um, I would say, you know, comfortably middle class, but by no means rich and, and certainly not yeah. spoiled. Um, but it does at this point, it doesn't matter. Like you could be you could be born in a trailer park with a syringe in your mom's dead arm and they'd be like, you're privileged because you're white. It's just madness. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And you'd be like, but wait, I'm a quarter something. All right. You're back in. <laughs> All right. So that's important. So yeah, you need somebody with like a brain who's like level-headed, who's just, yeah. Who's not like a woke twat. Yeah. What I would yeah. say is like a normal person. And I know that sounds mm -hmm. mean, but like, 
And uh, fortunately, I'm able to find a lot of these people because I, I play beach volleyball and it seems like that gravitates to some, <laughs> some pretty people. I feel like that's people. the number one thing that you join to meet somebody. Like my sister, when she was looking for a boyfriend, she joined beach volleyball. Like everybody, and I don't know, I'm like, is this just a Long Island thing? Everybody's like fucking obsessed with beach volleyball. <laughs> like, it's the that's best like thing. the way to dick is through beach volleyball. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like, it's like, um, it's like a 1960s like hippie commune type of lifestyle yeah You're like oh i'm just gonna dive for the ball like trip in the sand and like land on a dick it'll be and so easy land yeah. on my wife yeah that's yeah that's kind of how it works all right well let's let's get into the but that's the, wholesome it, it is i mean it's it's a good organic way to meet people it's it's so rare because everyone's like doing it through the online shit and and i just i tend to i don't know for, plus i'm not very photogenic but in person i'm pretty charismatic so like i feel like i can i can work my magic a lot better in person you know yeah <laughs> yeah, you, you like, wow, that's what it's so weird. Like the comments I'll get from like, I love meeting fans. Don't get me wrong. But like this happens so often now because I guess maybe I things are sort of like blowing up a little bit for me. But like people come up to me and I get this more and more. It's like, wow, you look so much better in person. And I'm like, how bad am I looking in these <laughs> pictures? Like, what's <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Do I not know my angles yet? Like, what's happening? What, can someone reposition the camera? Like, <laughs> well, when when did you start your show, by chance? I, I forgot. To I started Wet Spot uh, like a year and a half ago. So like summer of 19. Right. Yeah. And nope. then I started the Christy Mayer podcast last January. And then just in May of 2020, uh, went to four times a week because I was like a little depressed for a couple months. And then I was like, I got to get it together. Like, let's let's do it. Let's create like. Well, since you couldn't perform, that, that was kind yeah. of your outlet, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and the podcast was just kind of like, eh, like I created it before I went to AVN last year. And I was like, okay, I'll just interview some porn stars. It'll be fun. And it's like really grown into this much bigger thing where I'm, it's, I don't know, it's helped me along. Like kind of, I was never like a political person too, but kind of just like you, like, let me talk to people who are just like level-headed yeah. and it's grown into uh, a platform where I can have like these really great conversations with people like, you know, like Michael Malice and Mike Cernovich and freaking I was able to get Gavin McGinnis on, which is I, I just like I love talking to the people that are like censored or like hated Me by too. by the wokes. So yeah, I'm like, no. yeah, like, they must really have something good to say then if everyone <laughs> hates them so much. Exactly. And you had my favorite on just last week, uh, Crypt Daddy. I love that. <laughs> Crypt Daddy. Yeah, that episode comes out today, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's great. He's so amazing. He's what like a cool guy. He's like, I'm Mexican and I'm crippled. So you get like extra <laughs> diversity points. I'm like, yeah, and you're funny. So you're a cripple threat. I, I loved I loved how he was talking about um, <laughs> he actually respects the fact that even though he's crippled, the woke will still go after him. Like, yeah, like, they don't like, care don't at all. A fuck. <laughs> like, he proves that up, their I'm whole going. argument is bullshit because it's like, <laughs> They're all supposedly about inclusivity and being sensitive. And I don't know uh, if there's anyone less privileged than Homeboy, and yet they still <laughs> they still want to go after him. It's wild. Yeah, and it's like no, unless you're singing their song, like they'll they'll become savage on you. <laughs> it's so sad. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's uh, let's get into the dirt here. Come on, uh, I know you have a boyfriend, but you had to have uh, had some single years in the comedy scene, right? Oh yeah, I did. I had some single times. Yep, yep, yep. I started when I was like 26. Um, and then I did have like a couple of boyfriends, but like, you know, I would make up for it in between for sure. I would make the rounds. 
is is the uh, is the comedy scene as incestuous as the volleyball scene? It, I imagine, yeah, it, it is. And you know, when you start, and I've like I've said this before, but I really do compare it to like a homeless shelter. It's like when you get to a homeless shelter, you're like, okay, this is bad. Like I don't, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of this. I'm I'm certainly better <laughs> than the people that are around me. But then over time, you're like, well, this is who's here, and like. Yes, that guy's homeless, but he's the best looking one of the homeless guys. And I'm horny. I'm going to fuck him. And that's kind of how comedians are. It's like, ideally, you wouldn't fuck another comedian. But it's like you stay around if the years tick by and you're like, yeah, this is who I'm with. These are my people like we're all out late drinking. It's like all the makings for like hookup culture or whatever exactly and like yeah of course you would love to you know only bang people with good jobs but like <laughs> this is what you're doing it's like you just you know we're all homeless like let's do it so. i can't i can't imagine anyone sleeping with the legion of skanks guys if it weren't for the comedy scene so oh <laughs> <I'm> t- <laughs> they t- probably t- still would yeah they're funny <laughs> you know they're you, hilarious you need very little when you're a guy you need to either be good looking or funny women will just like we're pretty not like as a group we're, we're not very picky i yeah thank god because uh, <laughs> if, if you guys needed looks then my my charm wouldn't get me anywhere um so who who of the uh the lady comedians is the uh the most promiscuous can we can we get some that's so here? hard to know because like <laughs> i'm not or, or guy s- or guy god who is the most like who's, i've heard who, mark- who's the player I have oh, Mark heard Norman. That's true. Mark yeah. Norman has like he's definitely in the triple digits. I knew I used to be um, pretty good girlfriends with this girl, Ashley Bez. She told me that she was in the triple digits and this was years ago. So she's probably at a thousand by now. She's, she's pushing four <laughs> digits. Damn, yeah. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's gotten platinum. A Cal Ripken level player. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm sure you're totally sick of talking about uh, PC culture in conjunction with comedy, but uh, Never. Given, <laughs> given the increasing creep into tech censorship, are you concerned with being to platform yourself? I am. Of course, I'm concerned, but not to the degree that I would heavily change what I do. Like, I wouldn't change my tone or my jokes or my material or like my sense of humor for it. Like, I, so it's like, okay, if anything, maybe I would you know, start talking in code on YouTube for certain words that, you know, are going to get you demonetized. But I kind of like, it's hard for me to keep that up, honestly. So I'll just be like, yeah, whatever. We said, we said election fraud, like, all right, let's just come on. (laughs) It's just easier to just have this, you know, can we just like say what we want? And of course now that's what's happening to this episode. Like, uh, (laughs) it's okay. Uh, Trust me, none none of my shit gets monetized. I I talk crazy all the time. Uh, I'm not actually, I'm not even interested. As I said, I'm already rich. So like that's, that's going to that's going to be the home for this show is like uh, people who are willing to say the most dangerous things. And, and, you know, I think that that's, that's really the the future of, of this environment is like, you're going to have the people that decide to play by the rules and they, they censor what they say, or they tone it down. And then there's going to be the Alex Jones types that go off mm-hmm. into the wilderness by themselves and they have their own servers and everything else. So it sounds as if you're headed towards the latter camp. I think so. I think I'm headed towards the woods. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, yeah, I think it's always good to have like multi- many, many streams of income. That way it's like, yeah, like YouTube should not be your bread and butter, uh, like how you pay your rent. Because yeah. if that goes like you should just that's just good for any time, anybody, even if you have like a nine to five job. Also, I'm a big believer in just like everybody have as many streams of income as you can because you just never know what's going to happen. 
So yeah, I wouldn't change, you know, I'm not changing what I do. Like I might skate around a couple words, but I think, no, I mean, I think I do a pretty good job of interview, you know, I'll have like light interviews and then I'll talk to conspiracy people. It's like, I'll right. talk to comics and then I'll have porn stars on. It's like, I'll have, cons- <laughs> I'll have like, you know, political people and then I'll have a flat earther. It's just like, <laughs> I, I don't know that I have the biggest. I feel like I, you I'm- just said, you know, normal people and then Sam Tripoli. Over and over again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sam's great. I just don't think, I think if my brand were consistently conspiracy theories, I would be a bigger target, but I think I naturally just kind of mix it up. Not because I'm not trying to get banned, but because like I have varied interests. Like I like to talk to all kinds of people. So right. I think that's what keeps me from getting like banned off YouTube or Twitter right now. Do you think, think that's do you think that you get a little added protection being a woman? No, hell no. It's exactly with like uh Crip Daddy. Like he's disabled. He should get <laughs> some sympathy from people. People should go, no, hell no. Cause it's like, yes, you're a woman, but but all the like whatever, all the, the sort of ideas. cultural perks of be a, being a woman fly right out the window as soon as you say something that's like can be perceived as like anti-feminist or something if you're not singing the woke song you get kicked off the woke boat and then and then you have you forego your protections i like that can i can i borrow woke boat movie yes (laughs) yeah i borrowed it from somebody too but yeah it's like you don't get a woman card because you uh have sex with men and you don't (laughs) hate men and you needed a man once to change your tires so you're out get out of here i think i think that's actually an important you know lesson or message for people that aren't aware that are still buying into the argument that you know the political correctness culture or the identity politics culture is actually based off of identity politics it's not it's based off of ideology it's based off of what you're actually saying it has nothing to do with like you could be a black you know lesbian woman trans and but if you are a trump supporter you might as well be a white supremacist too so yeah, it doesn't matter at all because my show Wet Spot is very sex positive. It's on compound media. One could say, wow, I'm trying to like mix up the network and like, oh, I'm the first female to host a show on that network. It's like I talk to porn stars and sex workers all the time. Very, very. And even before that, I like had tons of gay friends like would have, you know, like none of that matters because it's like as soon as you say like you voted for Trump or, oh, I'm on compound media, which some people perceive to be like a right leaning network. It's like all that all that other shit goes out the window. Like nobody cares that you that I hosted a show at the Stonewall Inn for six years and like put in like time, money, effort to, sure. you know, building up up like a good show there for for the, the community. Is this like, is this oh, what a, is this what equality looks like? <laughs> I get sucks. E- equal, equal, equal hatred under the law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just very um, like hypocritical. It's crazy. It's yeah. Like, I mean, I mean in, in some ways I kind of I know this sounds fucked up. But as a white man who would have been targeted regardless, I'm kind of relieved to hear that they're not just targeting white men. Like, it, <laughs> it, at oh, least, this the, yeah. the days of having a good as a white woman are over. Like, I think we're <laughs> fully we're fully next. Like, we are what white men were, I think, in the Me Too era. Like, I think they're coming because oh. there's so many articles now, like how white women facilitate white supremacy. It's like they, they're coming for us right now. Pretty hard. Damn. That's yeah. so crazy to me. Um, do, does the does the woke comedy? Well, I consider it trash. Does it do numbers on Netflix? Do you know? Because I know they don't re- release that information, God, but I don't like, know. it feels as if to me there'd be essentially 
almost no audience for this shit and yet they continue to produce it pretty aggressively is it are like are they so ideologically driven that they're willing to sacrifice market share and I, I think yes because I think Netflix cares more about um like diversity like in a visibility sense rather than like diversity of thought I don't think they actually care like Oh, no, how totally anybody agree. does yeah. they just care how it looks like oh look at us putting up these like diverse voices of course not like diverse in what they're saying but like diverse in how they look so yeah. like we have a native american who isn't at all funny but we're going to give her an hour spot and you're like um okay but if no one watches it it's just so fascinating to me because as a business person which is really what i am um i can't fathom making these decisions at the you know sacrifice of your company like these are publicly traded companies too like that's the thing that people always overlook these are publicly traded companies with boards that care about the bottom line and it seems that all of these companies are i don't know they're like they're evangelists they're they're willing yeah. to kill themselves on their own moral but petard i think with netflix they don't it's not like um comedy is their end all be all it's like their it's like their movies it's like their series you know like that's their money maker i don't if comedy was their prime money maker they maybe they would do things differently but i don't i don't think uh they need to i think they're just like oh okay so this is like the the cherry on top they they basically get to have this diversity cherry that they put on top of their real cash cow yeah but i don't want to like you know paint it in such broad strokes like there are tons of comics who who have gotten specials that are like legit funny and have deserved them for a long time i think oh, bill course. burr was doing like a special you know like group of comics that were like long long overdue and i think that was on netflix that was with i think like um paul verzi and jessica Carson. oh yeah um, yeah no i know i know they still yeah. have some decent comedy i'm not i'm not trying to paint with a broad brush either i'm just saying the some of the stuff that gets pushed the hardest it seems like on that platform like the stuff that they'll they'll premiere and they'll put it at the top and they'll be like, ah, oh, everyone has to check this out. And you put it on for like five minutes and you want to cry and run away. Yeah. So, and it's like, you hope, I hope someone is enjoying that. Like you, <laughs> you do. And it's like, maybe I'm just like not in those circles of the internet that are just like loving this stuff. It's like, if they are, they're not being super vocal about it. You know? Right. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, so in your, in your scene, I, like I'll just give you my vantage point. I was really disturbed by the fact that, I didn't see more comedians rising up in support, not of Trump, but in opposition to his deplatforming. Um, mm. It to me, it just seems like. I mean, do they not understand where this leads, or is it is it simply career survival type to not say anything? They don't see where it leads. They don't think it will ever apply to them because, like, comedy is kind of like. <clears throat> on the on the same side of hollywood which is like hating trump for the last four years like you get just like pity claps pity laughs or like whatever like just automatic whatever hollywood street cred for for shitting on trump so it's like when comics and also hollywood like they see you know trump being like banned off twitter it's like oh that the, they just don't see that as something that's coming for them it's just like they're like oh that's trump we're we all hating trump still this is this is still that okay good we're good and we're just you know we're taking out this guy that we all have decided to hate for reasons that aren't actually real so <laughs> and for the record i i did not vote for trump uh either time so you don't have to worry about offending me uh, either way um but i just i just think that 
it's it's so obvious that you know they they go for Alex Jones, they go for Trump. It's it's just going to be, and these are those are like two enormous names. So what would it cost them to get rid of people like you or I? It, it'd be nothing to them. So I I don't understand how the comedians are. I mean, first off, woke isn't funny. So like I don't understand that aspect of things because woke is now the power source in this country, and comedy, in my opinion, derives from a fringe element or a pushing back against power, not exactly. not participating in it. Um, Cause that's, I mean, it's a countercultural kind of movement. At least it has been historically. Do you think that we're headed back towards that direction where like you have more and more independent comedians that do stuff like gas digital and, and the uh, compound and, and try and create platforms that are decensored, you know, yeah. un- uncensorable. Absolutely. It's like, it, it goes, it's like there, there's a couple things going on. Like a lot of this country is is kind of like waking up and and really uh, getting to, you know getting a real handle on like wow who who controls our finances who controls our media truly you know who can right. who controls all this stuff and so it's like okay people are like coming around like oh shit like it's not you know just because like uh, it's a Nike sponsored movement doesn't mean it's like really the best thing for black people. Or it's like, they're kind of learning the truth about black lives matter. It's um maybe they're learning the truth about like what really happened to Bernie Sanders, like why he got knocked out and people are going, huh? Wow. Okay. But then that's not reflected in our mainstream news. You still have like the glossy bullshitty, you know, all the, all the reporters on mainstream media are like completely owned. Like they're not, they're just robots. Like they're not. And they're also trying to be like, they're having their like mini celebrity moment. They're trying to have their like gotcha clip or gotcha question for Trump, you know, like among those reporters that were like at the, the white house briefings. So it's like that. And you have like just online in general, so much of it in our face all the time, everything is, you know, multi-filtered again, just so like the bullshit meter is going up and up and up. And then finally it's, I think it's being tipped over with this kind of like new, not, I don't even want to say new generation of comics, but it's like, it's, there's so much bullshit it's like right at the time is really ripe for like raw real comedy and like saying the things that people are all thinking but not saying because you can't say it because you'll lose your job you know so it's like comedy is even kind of more important right now because we I think just from comments I get and dms and whatever like I think we really represent like uh you know, people say, oh, like the silent majority is is less silent and more well-known now. Like, look how many people voted for Trump. Look how big MAGA got. Sure, but I think, like, there's still a large portion of, like, the day-to-day, like, every man that really doesn't, they can't say what they want because they really might lose their job. So yeah. I think it's even more important for comics to, like, be that voice. I agree. Um, I, so you I, have, like, this, yeah. I, I, I can't even tell you how vitally important it was to someone like me who isn't woke, even though I'm not racist at all. I'm just not woke um, to have comedy that still told the truth in this, in this environment, because if it weren't for that, I don't, I honestly don't know that I would have had any, I've, I've, I just felt, you know, totally gaslit watching the media talking yes, about how they're how, trying to make you crazy. You're like, yeah, why do I feel exactly. crazy? It's like, because they're trying to make you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it really felt like that. And and it's like if I didn't have comedian podcasts to listen to, to hear inappropriate humor and to, you know, 
allow allow myself to still maintain this sense of like, okay, we have evolved past the point of needing to be incredibly sensitive to minorities. I grew up with a ton of minorities. We all made fun of each other. We all had a blast. We all loved each other. That's equality. That's exactly. like we had it in the 90s and yeah. then we've gone backwards. Yeah. I treated them like they were normal people because guess what? They were. They were. And now and now they're a special class of people and I have to treat them like they're, you know, handicapped or something. Uh, shout out Crypt Daddy. Um, so <laughs> I, I just don't I just don't I don't know if I would have survived the the past couple of years, especially wow. the lockdowns, if it weren't for comedians that were courageous enough or at least had the the free speech platforms uh, available to them to be courageous enough to continue to tell the truth um and and it's i mean the legion of skanks guys are a perfect example of that and i and i think that yep. the success that they're experiencing is real evidence that there's a tremendous market demand for this kind of raw 1990s style humor of treating people uh, with the same sort of reckless abandon. So thank God that you guys are out there. Yes, that's, that's I agree a thousand percent because if if what society really wanted was political correctness and wokeness and sensitivity at all times, like they would not be thriving. Their listenership would not be as good as it is. Right. You know, like my podcast wouldn't have taken off. Like, you know, compound media wouldn't be as, as successful as they are. So it's like somebody's listening to us somewhere. It's like maybe they're, they're not talking about it, but it's like, you have to have that outlet because you if you and then but because we, we all know because we see the people who just watch mainstream media all day and they're like they are kind of losing their minds right now like they are wearing a mask alone in their car like they are wearing a mask while they're running by themselves it's like i feel for these people because i'm like you guys you just gotta mix it up a little bit like you don't have to be this this miserable and they cool. they really do i mean there's such a larger like kind of even spiritual energy war going on now too. It's like, it's so important to not like turn over your mind and your spirit to these people. I know it does. It does feel like that. I, I follow this guy, uh, Vin Armani. You ever heard of him? No, but I'm writing it down. Okay. You'll, you'll love this dude. He's like, um, what's the term of Catholicism? I forget what it is, but anyways, he's this, big... um, a Jesuit. No, not that one. No. It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm Franciscan. So... No, I'm super un- non-religious, so I can't remember. But uh, anyways, he he's like this Bitcoin um, entrepreneur. He moved to Saipan. Brilliant, brilliant guy. Uh, just does unbelievable analysis. I think he's been on, on Michael Malice's show before. Um, but anyways, he's he constantly talks about, and he's really opened my eyes to this because I'm not a very religious person, but he has opened my eyes to the concept that this is, this is in many ways a, a, a battle for like the spirit of humanity. And... Um, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It just blows my mind. Yeah, absolutely. If they can like train your mind to be afraid because you're weaker when you're afraid. It's just like, I don't know. It's science. I can't explain it. I'm not smart like that, but it's like (laughs) everything, everything operates um, poorly when you're, when you're afraid, when you're, and of course, if you cut down, right. If you're wearing an immune suppressor all day long, if you're not getting as much oxygen as you should be getting, everything's just working at a fraction of the capacity it should be. If yeah. you're inside all day, you're not getting your vitamin D, you're depressed, you're drinking a lot, you're eating garbage food, you're not exercising, you're not like, you're kind of like, hey, what's the point? One bleeds into the next, one day bleeds into the next, you have sweatpants, it's like, <laughs> it's, yeah, of it's course, it's, it's like your body's not going to be operating at its at its full potential. No, so nor it's like your they, mind. Yeah. Ignore your mind. Right. And, and they can get you like, oh, anything's wrong with you. Don't go outside. <laughs> like, don't run around. Take pills. So it's like if they can own your body that way and they can own your mind through the media, it's like 
it's like you're that elephant that's like tied to the string that you know what I mean? Like it's tied to the thing ever since it was little, but like it's grown up and it, the elephant like could bust out if it wanted oh, to, but I it doesn't because yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. trained. Yeah. So it's like, they're basically trying to enslave you without actually like physically, if they can, you know, enslave you where you are, then that's well, like less camps to build. And and it's not just bad for, for us individually, but societally, like, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a libertarian. I'm, I'm an individualist. That's like my main priority, but at the same time, I realize the, the reason I'm a libertarian, the reason I believe in the individual so strongly is because I believe that it's the best way to view society to create the best society. And this entire lockdown protocol, all of the platform, you know, all of the uh, just the, the all of 2020, just all of it, um, all of it. <laughs> was was essentially like a masterclass in how to destroy the the binds that hold together a society. And. Yep. Did it feel like that to you too? Oh, for sure. They're like so many things like f- fighting it that, you know, and like, I, I don't know if this makes me like, not that I was lucky, but like my mom died in 2018 mm-hmm. and uh, it was like, just like the biggest, just like ugh, monsoon of grief for so, so long. And I, I feel bet. like that whole experience like made me stronger. So I was like, and I also like, I'm weird. I don't know if it's cause I'm a Scorpio, but I just like, I kind of love change. I love like the death of things and the rebirth of things. So it's like, that's a sign of a I, I love person. When, yeah. Yeah. I like, I just like, I always feel like when something really horrible happens, that it's just creating space. And it was so true with my mom. Cause like when she passed, it was horrible, but like a huge space inside me opened up and what flowed in was everything I wasn't giving myself, which was like paying attention to my career, setting goals, like right. going for the things I really wanted to go for. And so like, yeah, anytime there's a change or something horrible happens, there's always opportunity in there. It's like, oh, good. What's next? What's next? Like, yeah, that's, something the, that's leaves a concept you. in yeah. economics. It's called creative destruction. Like you, you have Ooh. to, you have to burn away the, uh, the underbrush to allow the forest to, to grow to new heights. And, um, it's tragic because oftentimes that, that underbrush consists of people that are really important to you, but, um, that's the nature of, you know, life, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I'm like, speaking of um, underbrush, it's time for my wax. No. Uh, <laughs> clearing it out. <laughs> Making way for what's new. Woo. So oh so God. like, what was your question? Your question was like, was I equipped for the lockdown? I was excited because I was like, once I got over like the initial couple months of depression, like I, um, I was just like, oh, cool. Like, what is this? What is this? additional time at home like allow me to do I was yep. like, yeah i can i can record four podcasts and put them out like every week which is yeah. awesome because i was only yeah. doing one and uh you know like you know the other goals i had faded away like i did not marie condo my whole closet i did not get a <laughs> six pack uh, i think probably got the opposite of that so like <laughs> like i went to for my physical yesterday and like the lady was like get on the scale i was like really do we really have to do this and i almost was like upset i was like why don't you get on the scale why don't you like what have yeah, you been doing yeah. the, the lockdown hasn't been hasn't been great on my diet either but um i agree though it, like i i started the show during that period i i basically am like doing a career shift as we speak and and i don't think i would have done that um if not for the lockdowns but it you know from my vantage point it was not so much utilizing it as an opportunity as much as it, it was a, a calling where i was just like i have to get out there and and start to give a home to people that realize how evil what we're experiencing is. Um, but, but at the same time, as, as you said, you know, 
try to inspire people to realize that like, even though this is out of our control and it's really bad, um, we can use it as an opportunity to really improve our lives and hopefully those around us. And, you know, for that, for that reason alone, I guess that's the silver lining in all this, but, uh, on the whole, I would not say it's been good for the nation. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's been real shitty to anybody again, who wanted to get a six pack, uh, yeah. Anybody with a small business, um, it's been really good for honestly, like I think the people that like gave birth, it's been great for just like raising small kids. Cause it's like, Oh, you're just home with your baby that I feel like that seemed like a, like a good time for that. I know two, Um, two of my friends were so fortunate. I mean, in the weirdest way possible, but they got pregnant in January for their first kid. So it was like, I couldn't have been better. I mean, they, they like, they're now stuck at home and, and they both work from home now and, and they have their beautiful little daughter who's amazing. And she's like, I don't know, six months or something now. What's crazy Uh, is like, you can totally, you could have totally gotten pregnant, not told anybody and then just had a baby and be like, people be like, holy shit. You know, like (laughs) that would have been really cool to like, just get pregnant, like quietly get pregnant. You just do your zooms waist up. And it's like, (laughs) what? No, I'm just bloated salt, you know, like, and just like punk out your whole family. Like, yeah, I got a fucking baby. (laughs) It's just the alcoholism. That's why I'm swollen all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's so, like, you had a baby. Why were you drinking on all those Zooms? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so do you, do you see us uh, uh, recovering from this? Or, or is this, uh, to me, it's a really cataclysmic shift. Like, I, I don't see us going back to, you know, quote, unquote, normal. I see it as really a, a divide in this country. I, I view it as a fissure that's pretty much irreparable, like like where even a, a uh, secession like an movement. anal fissure yeah, yeah that's the first thing i thought of was anal fissure <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it's kind of like that it's painful um but you need yeah, to get, didn't you need see to get it coming yeah, <laughs> yeah. You gotta put an ointment on it yeah this whole country needs to put an ointment on ourselves and just chill <laughs> for me it was so good right and that's the thing it's like i can only talk about like you and i can only talk about our journeys right like and like i just have to when I focus on what was really good for me about the last year, it's like, Oh, I, st- I stopped spending so much money on so much dumb bullshit. Like I realized Starbucks is bullshit. I gained a whole new appreciation for Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, Dunkin' Donuts is the shit. I've been able to go in and go out without a mask. They don't care. I was like, that's why I, I want to get married to Dunkin' Donuts. Like that place is great. It has my heart. Like they kept me going for the last year. And uh, so, so that was just like, and also realizing like, uh, like when you take away all the stuff, you know, like you, it, it kind of becomes more clear, like what you really, what your real goals are and what you have to work on. Like for me, I was like, oh yeah, I just started to really entertain the idea of like, yeah, what, I guess I could go buy land and grow stuff and uh, be less dependent on the machine. You know, like that's actually possible for me. You know, yeah. I never, you know, I'm not like from Where, farm you, people. Just out of curiosity, where'd you get that idea? Do you remember? Probably some libertarian. Um, <laughs> That's why I'm asking, because I want to know how, how it got into your brain. You know, yeah, probably. It was definitely some kind of... Dave Smith? And I, I always have so many libertarians floating around my sphere. I talked to Adam Kokesh about it recently. Oh, you know Adam, Probably okay. could, have been da- could have been Dave Smith. It's what just, do you it's think? Just so- I'm asking, I'm looking at my boyfriend to see if he knows. <laughs> how do we get the idea of like buying land? I've been talking about it for months. I don't know. That's so funny because because I mean that's so that's such a libertarian I- ideology is to be like okay the system is sick let's separate off let's create our own little community uh, you know in I don't know Idaho or some shit. Um, so I was just curious how it got to you. Minus all the swinging, of course, yeah. Well, but like well, you know, 
and that's not true. Some some libertarians are pretty uh pretty free love and all that. Just not all. I bet that's what I imagine. Like classic libertarian. Like why not? Let's share women. <laughs> Go grab yourself a header romaine. You know. <laughs> like, like I think a lot of them have compounds. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, the, the header romaine is gonna make my aggress audience <laughs> die laughing. That was very Why wow, we got a we got a big salad crowd here, a lot of salad listeners. <laughs> no, just there's a, a, a subculture in libertarianism called agorism and it's all about like self-sufficiency and gardening and shit like that. So. I get it. I see it because it's like it's it's not hard to do, it's not hard to grow stuff. Like I'm growing potatoes by accident in my kitchen right now. I just let them be and they're already Wait, by accident. Yeah, they're mean? just you know when you leave the potatoes and they like they start poking out like the <laughs> they start like growing out of the bag and it's like bitch you've ignored me for months like I'm making moves without you. Holy shit, you are you are absolutely ready for libertarianism. This is great. <laughs> Woo! Put me in, coach. Put me in, guys. Ha- have yeah. you uh, had you considered yourself of any political party prior to this shit show? Um, I was definitely a woke twat, like right out of college, like classic women's studies minor, all the things, hated men, did everything right. And then just two years ago, I think through meeting and talking to Larry Sharp, I really started to change. Oh, fuck. You're totally a libertarian. Yeah, I really I was just like, oh, and then I was like taking quizzes and I was like, oh, my God, this is so me. Like, love the gays. Don't care who anybody fucks. But like, yeah, a little bit conservative in ways that I that I just thought were part of growing up, you know? Yeah. 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 So well, isn't like, it, oh, isn't cool. it funny that, that libertarianism is, is, uh, you know, classified as like a childlike, um, philosophy. Like that's, that's the, the common rejoinder. Really? Cause from- that's the ideal. Like, that's like, you want, if, if your inner child is like alive and well and healthy and you're like paying attention to like meeting their needs, like you're going to be a more balanced, happier person. True. It's like you have too much of an imagination. You must still be a child. It's like, well, that's, isn't that a good thing? I don't know. Uh, it's like when you don't, it's like when you come like a sad person who like shoots their wife one day, they come home from work. Exactly. That's <laughs> the, or the, husband. Yeah. <laughs> the, the school, the school shooter demographic. Yeah. I, I try to yeah. avoid um, that level of nihilism. It's actually really easy to get into nowadays because you're just like society's falling apart. Oh my God, what the fuck's happening? That um, means they're winning that like they want you to feel that way. I, that's they true. want you to feel hopeless. And but see, like, that, de- that, that fight that you have in you is so it's like it's just the common tie that binds for people that, that are going to get through this. I really believe that because like so so many people see the world the same way you and I do, but they're many of them are just crushed by it where like they can't they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's that's I'm just constantly trying to inspire people. Yeah. Like, yes, I know it looks insurmountable, but you are better and stronger than this and fuck them, you know, like, yeah, they don't own your day. You know what I mean? Like they don't own, I'm just getting it even lately. It's like, I know like Amazon. Okay. I suppose like, I really am trying to not be so much about Amazon, but just like I'm the last few months, just constantly ordering books. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm just like building up my own, like, fun little library it's like they don't they can't stop you from buying books right now they can't stop you from like learning as much as you can yes things are censored but like you know we're not in north korea yet and it's like they're they're not you know they're not like forcing you to eat shit you can still eat well they're not forcing you to not exercise like there's still so much you can do for yourself like self-care stuff if you're like about to have a mental breakdown you can like go take a bath and uh meditate whatever you meditate oh meditating yeah yeah that's a big one 
Yeah, there's there's definitely ways to to survive and thrive in this environment. Uh, just out of curiosity, do you remember what Larry Sharp said to you that that was like the silver bullet that kind of pierced the uh, God, the woke what veil? Was it? I don't know. I don't know. I um, I can't remember. I can't were you were you on his show or, or is he just a friend? Yeah, I I met him because my boyfriend's brother. I think like worked for his campaign was ah, like, nice. and then I met him and like went to, went to like hear him speak. And I was like, Oh, this guy makes a lot of sense. Like this guy's really cool. He's like a former Marine or whatever. And yeah, he had very some really, smart, really smart ideas. I mean, when, when he got on Rogan, it was a, a big moment, a big moment for my crowd, him and Dave Smith, wow. both, both getting yeah. on Rogan was like, we, we have arrived, you know? Um, but yeah, when he was running, was he running for mayor of New York? Was governor. That, governor. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when he had those ideas of like, well, you know, our budget's totally fucked. How about we allow, uh, ads to be put on, you know, the Brooklyn the bridges. bridge and shit. Yes. And I was like, yeah. yeah, instead of, instead of these tolls that are like bankrupting working people, I was like, wow, th- yeah, this guy's actually, he's got a shot cause he's got some real creative ideas. Um, so it was, it was inspirational to me. Do you think that, uh, that, I mean, Obviously, we're at a, a major tipping point in this country. Do you think that that there's a chance of us congealing and, and recombining, or are you of the the Michael Malice camp where you think that like a secessionary movement or or a splitting, so to speak, would be more? God, it's so likely tricky. or beneficial. It's so tricky because I'm not like. I feel like that hasn't been like my field of study for a while. I feel like I'm so new to all of it, but it's like from going to all these like Trump rallies, like in November, December, and then January 6th as well. I'm like, okay, this is a, this is a really exciting movement. Like this, if you want to call it MAGA or whatever, or the Patriots, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're the most diverse group of people. They're kind of like, you have the walkaway people, you have like the women, you have like the black conservatives. It's like, it's like extremely diverse and there's so much energy in it, uh, which we haven't seen like really from either side, not in my lifetime, you'd have like, like the Democrats and like, yeah, the liberals, they would kind of like guilt you into stuff. But like MAGA, that's like, it's like, it feels like real genuine excitement. Yeah, no, there was real energy there. I think that's why they yeah. had to crush it actually, because it was the first movement in my lifetime that had um, like organic energy, like one that was in opposition to the power source as opposed to coinciding with it. And yeah. I think I think that's why they had to crush it. I think that's why they spent all those years investigating and impeaching Trump, even though it was yeah. largely, you know, less. It must scare the shit out of them. Like I think we forget that that like we, like the stuff that they're coming after, and the reason why things are getting so jacked up is probably because they're shitting their pants. And I think that's what like everyday people have to remember. Like they're never going to tell you that outright, but it's like these people are getting censored on Twitter because they're shitting their pants with how many people know the truth about stuff. So that's, that's the just, biggest, that's the biggest white pill out there that, that they, yeah. that we actually have an impact, you know, like, cause, cause it's so easy to feel as if these people are disconnected from us and don't give a fuck what we have to say and don't care what we think. Um, but then I, I think the best evidence of how deeply touched they were from this was the testimonials that they were giving two days ago where AOC and Rashida Tlaib and all these other people went on the house floor and cried their eyes out saying how afraid they were from, from the, uh, the siege on January 6th. And I was like, Oh my God, well, like you weren't first, even there. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, they weren't there, but, but I think that's just, you know, people, people kept saying, Oh, I think that this is uh, you know, it's performative and it's blah, blah, blah. They're not real. And I, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I get your point, but I think you should keep in mind, like these people have been so sheltered, like to have even the threat of a serious risk to mm. themselves. Um, 
I think it really pierced the veil. I think it really showed them that. Oh, yeah. They're like, they're such pussies. It's like yeah. AOC, like, weren't you a bartender? Aren't you from New York? And like, yeah. no, she's actually from Yorkville. She's from Westchester. She's like, not at all the person. Yorktown, whatever. What did I say? Yorkville? <laughs> York Peppermint Patty. She's she's not at all the like um, roll up your sleeves, you know, hardworking no. bartender type that they've she's been cast in that role to appeal to exactly the demographic that she appeals to. 100%. And uh, it's just like it's such bullshit because if she she really was a real bartender she'd be like no i got this give me a fucking chair let me like crack exactly. some heads you like know? you haven't been around a few bar fights come on yeah no. yeah it's like come on it's I, they're so I, full of it i i think but i think that they're um i think that their tears and their concern uh even though they're overstating it because they obviously want to use it as a political football that i think that they were genuinely fucked up by it because if you saw the photos of when they're all not not those few but some of the others that were uh, cowering on the ground uh, during the initial moments of the siege, I was like, this is the first time in their lives that they thought that the American people might actually do something about all this tyranny we're experiencing. And, you know, e whatever your feeling is about the siege, I, I didn't support it. I wouldn't have been there myself. But I think I think that liberty was it a thrives. Siege? I don't know. People just showed up and was like, hey, <laughs> like two two fucking years ago, you had like, I don't know if it was me too or the people that were against the Kavanaugh hearing stuff. Um, or the people that were against Kavanaugh being sworn in, like they showed up and Nancy Pelosi like called it participating in democracy. And they're like, oh, come in, let's take pictures. And now when the right does it, it's a we're domestic terrorists. It's like a lot of these people were just like waving, you know, taking taking a podium. Like no, it's like nobody like, OK, one girl got killed, which is horrible. And then a couple of the older guys had heart attacks, like, <laughs> you know, because they're like haven't been doing as much cardio over the lockdown. One, one of them had a heart attack because he tased himself. Yes. Come on. It's like th this is these are all the people with all of the guns. If they really wanted to fuck shit up and kill people, they would have and easily. I think the, I think everybody showed a lot of restraint. Like I, I was agree. fucking I was fucking there. Like it was ninety nine point nine nine percent people in funny costumes with funny signs right. like a day in the park. Just everyone gathered around the building. Nobody telling us like that. We couldn't even be there. Like we could walk right up to the building climb right up over the wall i didn't do that but wanted to i was like i can do that, I could do that. I'm have you ever have you ever heard challenge. the term based chrissy i have yeah i think it you, means you my dear are extremely based well thank you i was a base in cheerleading as a youth which uh pe people really like it's not you look really like a flyer are you sure Thank you. Thank you for saying that, because no, apparently I was sturdy and I, you know, you, you put someone's, you know, you're at the bottom, you're holding somebody's foot. And at the end of the practice, your hands smell like feet. That's what the coach. Like, that's what the coach calls the big girls. Sturdy. Yeah, I was sturdy. I provided a sturdy bottom. You're well, you're welcome. What was her name? God, I can't remember her name. Angela. Nine, it's 90 pounds Whew, she's having all she's having the time of her life up there and i'm just like great just <laughs> land on my head <laughs> whatever I, i'm glad i can provide a soft landing for you well i i agree with your your pushback against the description of it being a siege or an insurrection i think it was neither but um my point being that i really think that liberty thrives in an environment where the politicians fear the people and they for, should yes for far too long they didn't fear us at all and for that reason alone, I will always appreciate the Trump presidency because it woke enough people up that for once in their fucking lives, after they were locked in their houses for 10 months to get to the fucking source of the power and actually tell them to fuck off. So, you know, 
Yeah, they should because it's like they they get really cushy. They what? They take their own little separate subways, their own separate little cars. They get their hair done with nobody around. They think yeah. no one's gonna see. <laughs> they have their two twenty four thousand dollar freaking fridges, all the ice cream they could eat, pelos. You know, they are very sheltered and they're not, that's the same thing with why people are over celebrities. It's like you, when you're like, you know, whether it's in your government or celebrity, you're kind of like lifted away from the people you're like safely in your bubble. And it's like, well, yeah, now you don't know what it's like down here anymore. And we're kind of like over you, you know, exactly. we kind of like bring you back to the ground a little bit. Yeah. Or at least stop, you know, robbing and killing us and imprisoning yeah, us. You know, if, that. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to rip us off, don't do the other things. Like you get one, don't get, don't take all three. It's just don't fucking greedy. greedy. Don't be greedy. That's, that's a good lesson. Um, so in New York, you're in New York still, right? Mm -hmm. What's given your recent basedness? Um, have you lost friends? Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. And like in weird ways, like I tweeted, um, about Chrissy Teigen's fake miscarriage and I like triggered you know like that didn't even mean to I'm like this is so I'm like can we, we all don't see that this is very clearly a publicity stunt like this is what celebrities do they create news to bury other news like there's wow. no fucking way she had a real miscarriage like it's just like she, she was not doing well in the press she was not doing well with the public and she's like oh I'll just you know she had the whole like pedo uh flight log thing yeah, over yeah, the yeah. summer and they're like ick we gotta bury this down in the google search <laughs> here greg put put together five burritos in a blanket you know like oh let's get a photographer in you know like <laughs> let's hire some nurses it's like and people think oh this is so impossible there's no way she could have faked her miscarriage i'm like oh really what do you think seems more impossible to you faking a miscarriage or faking a hate crime <laughs> Because <laughs> it's probably just as easy to do either one. No, I think the miscarriage is easier, honestly. Because yeah, all you have to do is what? How like celebrities can like you can book a room for your birth or for your whatever publicity stunt. You can hire you know whoever you want. Here, put on this nurse costume. Let's do this. <laughs> and uh, all I said, I tweeted. I'm like, oh, my mom actually had two miscarriages, but she did it the old fashioned way, like without a photo shoot. And. <laughs> that ended up i ended up losing a friend over that and i was like what why you know and she's like you're making fun of grief you're like pro miscarriage i'm like no i'm not first of all i'm making fun of my own mom which i can do and i'm just making fun of like the like celebrity culture like the fact that like chrissy teakin can't take a shit without sending out a press release it's like we don't all need to know i know this you've made this your life because you like don't offer any substance like i was looking at her at on Instagram the other day, she was literally just making chicken with her tits out, just talking about like, oh my God, my tits are out. And it's like, well, girl, you dressed, you dressed yourself, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think I just like shitting on her because I think we're like the same age or whatever. Maybe she's a few years younger, but I'm just like, ugh. I think I just used to be like more impressed with celebrities. And now I'm just, I feel like I see through them so clearly. And I just, it's well, like you have to make fun of them. I, I feel the same way. Is that because you've met more now or is it just an evolution of you as a being? I think I see, I just, I feel like I see their hand. It's like, I know That's that how they're I feel not too. genuine. It's like they're, yeah. they're, everything they do is is for money and everything they don't do is for money. Everything they don't right. say is because they're their entire, so Their entire portrayal is not one of sincerity. And I think that's something that um, is probably why I gravitate to people like you and other comedians that, that, are sincere you know like even it's it's so it's so interesting that like 
you either have a good bullshit detector or you don't. And and I can I can really tell when a comedian is like laying laying it on the line and a believe even if they don't believe what they're saying because obviously it's a joke half the time. But you can just tell when someone's like actually speaking from the the heart and and fearlessly as opposed to someone who's like trying to portray themselves as you know a moral person. And you're like you're a comedian. I don't want you to be fucking moral. Yeah, exactly. And like when I feel like even my own material getting that way, like if it's jokes that are like a few years old, it's like you mm. do have to go back to that place. Like I had to go back to the place where like I was a genuine slut. And then it's like you have to get and that's how you yeah, it's refresh like and you, you keep it. You got to keep your stuff fresh. Like you you have to try to make it feel like you wrote this stuff today. Like you right. feel as strongly as you do today is when you wrote the jokes, but like, Oh yeah. You're talking about like losing friends. Yeah. Like I have, unfortunately, like I think I've lost uh, like my gay dude friends that I really liked. They've kind of like, you know, and, and that, that like, and one of them is very upsetting, like actively talking shit about me on Twitter. Like, Oh man. It calls me like, like, I don't know. I forget what it was. That's the thing is like, I have such a, like a bad memory, which is sometimes good, sometimes bad, but it's like, I just, I know someone's on the shit list. Like I, I now have like a yellow list, a brown list and a black list. You know what I mean? Like, and like to the degree to which you've talked shit about me or like actively prevented me from getting work. It's like, oh, that's man. what color you're on. Yeah. The preventing getting so, work, I assume is the black list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah that- and like just Twitter shit talking, depending. It's like, uh, eh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Have you have you found that you've made more friends or or strengthened the friendships with those that haven't pushed you away because of oh, the honesty? For sure. And it's like it's very much changed, like, you know, what it means to be a friend. It's like I've I met strangers from the Internet in D.C. on January 6th, like just people that I decided to like, let's all meet up. I am like better, tighter friends with these total strangers than I am with like lifelong family and friends you know like that's just incredible people that you've known forever and it's like that's what's fucking great about the internet is you can just like i hate saying find your tribe and i probably shouldn't have just said it just now but it's like <laughs> it's you true can, though you can pick your people yeah, yeah and yeah. it's it's like you just get each other right away rather than like you don't always want to have to like explain you know like from square one it's like it's good when people can kind of meet you in the middle. And I think some of my old guard friends, it would, it was getting to the point where like, it's exhausting for me to have to like explain, right? The, you know, the deep state, or I don't know. It's like, where were, <laughs> what were you doing during lockdown? You weren't watching fall cabal. You weren't watching out of shadows. Like that. I'm sorry. I can't help you. It's like, this is a lot. You're going to need a two week masterclass. We're going to need like, I have to sit you down for like six hours. It's like, you can't, you can't just cover all that in one conversation. <laughs> like, Oh, what's, you know, why are you moving in this direction? Why are you all like right wing now? It's like, are you, where the fuck have you been? Like what? <laughs> you had, you had eight months in your fucking house to watch anything. And, yes. you, just, and you didn't get any new information. Like how is why? this? Why? Yeah. Why didn't you watch Pedogate? What have you been doing? <laughs> Did you go through your whole closet like eight times? <laughs> <laughs> holy shit it's You're frustrating it's so frustrating <laughs> and not that like because then i don't want to sound like people on the left that are like it's not my job to educate you like i don't want to sound like how they sure. sound but if they're not if they're not willing to listen though like that's the thing with me is if someone comes to me with a genuine question i have all the time in the world for you <laughs> if you come to me with you know, a challenging question where you're just trying to disprove me and you have no interest in actually hearing what I have to say. I have no fucking time for you. So I just keep moving. And I exactly. think that's, you know, as, yeah. as, as my platform has grown, 
I, I handle Twitter the same way. It's like, if someone asks me a sincere question, I will fucking go back and forth. We're all good. If you come at me like, you know, uh, you Trump supporter. And I'm like, I, first, I'm not even a Trump supporter. So I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. I just keep moving. Um, it yeah. takes so little. You literally have to own one pair of camouflage pants and then you're a Trump <laughs> supporter. It takes so little. Exactly. And it's exactly what you're saying. Like the most uh, people are so not genuine. It makes me sick. And it's always like I had maybe a couple people reach out like, hey, like, let's discuss your journey. But most people are like Twitter, like, I don't like the direction you're taking. You're, you're like you're toxic now. It's like I'm concerned. And I'd be like, Brooke, really? Like, and it's always somebody that you were in an acting class with 13 years ago that's like oh, i used to know her and everyone's like i was in a line behind her in a bodega in 2010 man she's different it's like always the people who don't didn't know who the fuck you were to begin with are so quick to be like oh, she's changed you know and it's like and i was like brooke my fucking dms are open like i was like i was you know oh i she says something to the effect of like uh, you know, I've known her for so long. It's really scary to see her taking, take, going down this path. The path that, by the way, the path is just me being in DC on January 6th, just covering the event, like just right. there with a camera. Like apparently that's like a dangerous path. It's just, you know, showing up and observing things for yourself and not just, you know, accepting what the mainstream media tells you that's a dangerous path. And I was like, Brooke, like, I know you're not going to do it, but my DMs are open. If you want to like, if you're actually concerned, I was like, you know why, how I know you're not actually concerned because you're tweeting Publicly. about me like yeah. it's public you're not sending me a dm like i think you still have my cell like right no and that's, that's why it's that's bullshit so it's like this performative twitter bullshit like right. you're doing that for likes from your people you're not if you gave a shit about me like you would be dming me privately and be, yeah it's like really it's like virtue concerned <laughs> yeah it's yeah. so gross that stuff makes me so pissed off and Just i was like out, out of curiosity are, are you concerned about uh about like, has anyone come investigating you for having videoed it? No, no, not at all. Because I was not inside the building. I think if I was inside the Capitol building, that could have been a little hairy. For sure. Uh, but it would have been worth it to get Nancy Pelosi's lipstick or something. Or like a memento, <laughs> some kind of tchotchke, you know, that I could sell on the internet or just hand down to my children. You You're know. such a badass. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I like, uh, you know, I like thought about it, but I was like with my friend wrist flex and i like i didn't i kind of didn't want her to get in trouble either so i was just like oh i'm accountable to somebody like i'll just get up on this little roof and take pictures like yeah. i didn't really do anything crazy well since you were there give us give us the first hand account I, a lot of people are concerned that there was asian provocateurs in the crowd do you believe that to be the case i do believe that because i am friends with these guys they um they're part of this i guess an independent like news crew called Weber's way. And like, I've seen them now, like, I think at all these protests, like they, like one guy, it's like a legit cameraman. And like, you know, they're basically like, they just put together their own little thing. And I was like, Ooh, like, you know, asking him questions about like best cameras and stuff like that. So now it's like, we've seen each other like the last few like rallies. So we like, we'll be like, Oh, Hey, you know, and he, the cameraman, I forget his name, Alberto or something. He said he was, by the area where they kind of got a little bit like maced or something. And, but he saw like somebody with a sledgehammer. He saw somebody like trying to pass up like wire cutters and like regular people don't bring these items to a regular ass rally, which no. makes me think like, Oh yeah. They were like specific shenanigans planned. Interesting. Um, Cause most people were just there with their sign and everyone's just like gathered around the building and they were just like, 
kind of like just regular stuff. Like, and I didn't know that people were getting in, like into where the Senate stuff happens, like really getting in there until much later, until I got home to the hotel. I thought people were just climbing up over the fence to then just be like, hi, you know, like for a photo op. (laughs) And then like they dropped a flag at one point. There was some construction going on. So there was like, um, God, what, what is it called when you like, it's like a false um thing that you build when you're doing uh, i can't think of the name what's it called when you it's like like a temporary it's fence not yeah. a temporary scaffolding that's it scaffolding uh, yeah, yeah. so i was like um there was a guy there that was like working construction for the capitol building to get ready for the inauguration and we see them you know patriots go up there they drop this huge flag over the side of scaffolding everyone's like yay yay and um the construction guy was like uh, they're cheering now, but if the wind takes that a certain type of way, that whole thing will blow over because that whole thing will be like a sail, like the oh flag. He was God. explaining to me in which the way the flag could be turned into a sail, yeah, like yeah, on a yeah, sailboat, yeah. and just catch the wind and then pull the whole scaffolding down. I'm like, I was like, Jesus, man. I'm like, there's a lot of people on there. Like, what's the odds of that happen? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> That'd look that, good. <laughs> that would have been a catastrophe. Holy shit. That would have been well, so bad. I, I've interviewed a few a few other people that were there and they all just say the same thing. It's like, here, let me give you their summation. You tell me if anything's incorrect. Basically, it was like a genuine movement filled with probably 90% legitimate Trump supporters that were there to protest what they felt was either a stolen election yeah. or, you know, fuckery, whatever. Yep. Um, and then there was a handful of people that they believe were either you know FBI informants or agent provocateurs that essentially were there to inspire them to go into the building. Yeah, like that John Sullivan guy who's like was at all the BLM stuff this summer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's their belief that sounds as if you agree. Yeah, I think that absolutely that's I would say even like 99.9% oh, wow. of people there. So that, that many, okay. Were there to just like you know just have their voices be heard did not want to cause trouble right people did not bring weapons people like right knew the deal and they knew how bad it would look if they did do that so did you see the video of the girl that got shot in the neck it was very bad yes and then i've also heard like conspiracy people say that she didn't really die (laughs) that that was like a plant yeah but i I was like i don't know i don't i don't don't know about that one um but the video is pretty bad, and uh, I think it's it says a lot about how you know a woman who was unarmed and she was unarmed getting shot point blank in the neck um, and killed, and no one seems to give a fuck. You know, it's no like one we're, seems to care. If she all... was black, maybe they would care, but then exactly, they, you know. Well, I mean, even if she was black, if she was a Trump supporter, I don't know if they would care. I mean, it really, that would like, cancel each other out. Yeah, yeah. Like at this point, I'm not sure that people just have any concern for the lives of their political opponents. And I don't know where that leads us in the future. But anyways, we had such a good talk. And uh, I just want to want to thank you so much for coming on. You can uh, catch Chrissy at Hyenas in Dallas, February 19th yes. through the 20th, right? Yes, I'm so excited to do that show. Yeah, I think it's uh, one show Friday, two shows Saturday. Yes, Hyenas in Dallas. And then uh, Comedians of the Compound will be in Royersford, Pennsylvania, uh, February 26th. And then I'll be headlining the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey on February 28th. And then more dates coming up uh, through the spring. I'll be doing, uh, I'll be touring around with Tim Young. So that's very exciting. Awesome. And uh, hopefully I will come to a town near you. Yeah. Well, I'm in San Diego for the time being, but I'm probably going to be moving to, uh, 
to Texas here soon because California's nice. falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Another another California. California transplant. had a good run. Yeah, it, you guys had did. a good run. It yeah. did. It did. It was a it was a good thirty plus years here, but uh, time to move on. Anyways, Maybe you can follow sort her. of saw it off and let it float into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> let me get off first, please. Uh, <laughs> you, you can follow her on Twitter at Chrissy Mayer. It's M A Y R and Chrissy Mayer podcast and Wet Spot on Compound America. Is there anything I'm missing? No, that's it. You nailed it. I'm such a pro. Anyways, thank you so much, Chrissy. <laughs> Thanks, Clint. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Yay. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. World premiere. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening Scared Hollywood left these lyrical fappening A typo with Luke might bring the nooses We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcast sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky Smooth Tom was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic to rip a 59 Miles to Ray showed that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping ain't rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you ride with the thought, you've always got a home The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe Let's get into the show.